All right, here we go. Ah, oh, what a great day. It's warm, but a good day nonetheless. Good afternoon, everyone. BC here at the uh, BC Motor headquarters, and I'm actually here in my office. It's really warm in the back of the office, in the shop, so I don't want to stay there for an hour. Hello, Auto VIP, Mickey the Mechanic, greetings. One LR Jeff, good afternoon. Good seeing you guys. I am fantastic, R35, R13. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much. And if I just properly, thank you so much for joining us here today on the Beast Mode Tech Tuesday. And for those of you listening on the podcast networks, we really appreciate your audience. So thank you so much. Good afternoon, Caleb. CRX Pro, thumb up to you as well. Dre Castro, greetings. That boy Banks, hello. Snug Cup, good to see you this afternoon. And this is my 91st. Wow. Guys, can you believe I've done 91 of these? 91 Tech Tuesdays where I give back, where it is my goal to be what I needed when I was much younger. Me trying to give back and be what I needed when I was in school and trying to learn about cars. And my goal is to break down technology for the masses, for everyone to understand. I don't want to make this an environment where I speak over the head of my fellow enthusiasts. I want to do what's right. Hello, SSJN. Good seeing you. Pierol, thank you so much for joining. Berat Builds, hello, sir. Turbo to go, good afternoon. Thank you so much for the kind words, Cameroni, who said that he loves my work. Um, I'm doing well, Alif, good seeing you indeed. Um, yes, I'm back at the office, Kevin. I came back from Minnesota on Sunday afternoon and went straight to the convention center in LA for Wegfest, where I had the wagon on display. Now with a hood. <laughs> so one LR, Jeff, is really hitting the ground running. He's asking, hey BC, what's your opinion on the 1JZ VVTi versus the 2JZ VVTi? I'm a huge advocate of variable cam timing. What it does in this case is that it uses hydraulics to actuate the intake cam to advance a retard at liberty. So it gives you a very nice lobe separation, a nice widening of that angle to give you an impeccable idle. But as you go up in the RPM ranges, you have the capability of advancing the intake charge or intake camshaft to give you a lot more efficient induction and allowing for more torque in the mid-range and then you can end up retarding that in the high RPM to get more high RPM power. Because the 2JZ has great aftermarket support compared to 1J, I prefer the 2JZ VVTi, but both systems are big advantages compared to the factory non-VVTi engines. On mid-boost engines with Toyotas, we picked up as much as 300 wheel horsepower with just tuning the VVTi, and many tuners are afraid of it, but if you do know how to tune variable cam timing and are aware of the frequency of that solenoid, you can have a great time. It's good. So once again, guys, I'm in my office. Um, these are a few trophies I've had from my racing days, and I want to be able to add on to this collection very soon as well. We've had some recent wins here at Urbandale with the Matrix Madness, so it should be a very good one indeed. Uh, will a Y8 intake fit on a Y7? Cameroni, yes it does. It bolts right on. And if you want something to alienate your intake heat, um, or your engine heat from the intake to have a denser intake charge, you should get one of those crazy intake gases we have. They're really cost effective. It's like $24 shipped worldwide. And they're reusable, so that's good, you know? Oh, <laughs> it's so weird. That serious guy's asking, explain why the intake manifold gasket really works. I have one on my car now. Here's what it does. Think of our engines, what are they? They are energy converters. And the one way that we're able to create a lot of power is by really taking full advantage of the caloric content of the fuel combined with the content of the oxygen 
igniting it and creating a lot of heat. Now this heat is how we make power. More heat you make, the more power we make. Of course you want this heat to be controlled. Now the bad thing about that heat is that when you're in a closed environment, let's say like in this room I'm in, in my office, when you heat up this room, the air expands and per unit air that I'm encountering or breathing in or touching, I have less amount of oxygen. The colder it is, the more denser and closer together the molecules are. And I can ingest when I'm breathing or if I had an engine in here, it will inject more molecules of oxygen which creates more power. Of course, when you add the appropriate amount of fuel. So what does the intake manifold does? It alienates the heat of the engine from the intake. So when your intake is cooler, when air comes into the intake, the air doesn't have the propensity to expand even further and put you in a position where you ingest or your engine ingests less amount of oxygen for every stroke. Quarter intake, the more desert air, the more power you make. So I hope that helps, that CRX guy. Great question indeed. Hello, Boosted Dilly. Good seeing you. Good afternoon. Audi gang gang, young snaps. Yep, that wagon life. Absolutely. Or better yet, that van life. Hello, Sam. Good seeing you. Long time no speak. Sam is a good friend of mine. He was here last night and we're really chopping it up when it came to things technical, which is great. Um, anytime in Florida, I will be here. Well, I hopefully will be in the Miami area um, in two weeks, hopefully. I have a class I'm trying to take and hopefully I can make it out there, but I'll let you know. Wagon Mike, out in Nevada. I am great and hope things are nice for you. I see you guys have had a bit of a heat wave, so I hope that's okay. I hope you're okay out there. Fox Design, good seeing you. Manfield 90, greetings. Guy Gillette. Porsche 986 with Cayman top full interior GT3 suspension worth 15K. And 986 with Cayman top full interior and GT3 front suspension. Yes, it is worth it. Especially if the engine is proper. Um, if you could, well, does that Cayman top seal? If it's sitting properly, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, could you get it? If I were your shoes, what would I do? I'd probably hopefully get it at 13K. But it's definitely worth it. That should be a very good project indeed. Especially if it's a later 986. If it's a 97, huh? but if he's moving towards 04, do it. Jim Giggins Can, good afternoon. I haven't seen you in a while, hope all is well. My pleasure indeed, 1LR. Snug Cup says, what are some vehicles you wish you had cup holders? Any cars that had them but didn't work well? Well, I can tell you one thing. I wish the classic 911s had cup holders. I really do. There's nowhere, maybe it's something I should create. I think some people have made some things you can plug in, but it's kind of really weird. Um, the NSX has cup holders, but it kind of interferes with the passenger. So you have to click it into where the passenger sits. On the other hand, the 5th Gen Viper has cup holders, which is cool, but you have to reach behind you to get the cup. So that's not a very good design. So it's tough. Um, I wish the Viper had a better location. I wish the NSX had a better location, and I definitely wish the classic 911s had them. Good question indeed, you know. Um, Barrett Bilt says, the BMW guys actually deactivate VVTi for turbo swaps. Why would they do that? I have no idea. Um, sort of being lazy, I don't know. In turbo builds, even for me, I've done things for, uh, for Hyundai, and we boosted even NA applications. And by and by, if I left the cam angle at zero, which is pretty much default on almost every system out there, um, I can make good power, but once I activate VVTi and I start creeping towards, even with a factory NA camshaft, if I start pushing towards 30 advanced, 25 advanced, and then taper off back off to zero up top end, I pick up this huge amount of mid-range power. It is so worth it. Definitely worth it indeed, you know? 
Uwe Parse, 24, amazing, that's good. Fox Designs asking how's Weekfest? You would have loved it. There was some good wagon representation there, and what I was happy about is I'm starting to see people build Toyota wagons, and that's pretty cool. So I saw a blue one there with lots of carbon fiber, it was really, really clean. So, and I saw a Mazda one there, which was pretty awesome as well, and a Datsun, and so it's, it's great to see wagon life out there. It was, it was a good event. I got there pretty late because I flew in into Orange County, um, SNA, near Santa Ana. I had to grab lunch because I was famished, and I rushed right over to the convention center, so it was kind of late by the time I got to traffic and parking and get my passes because we had put our truck in the dock. My team had trailered the wagon there in my absence because everyone was afraid to drive it. <laughs> but they got it there, which is good, and it worked out very nicely. Uh, so it was, it was a good event, very well attended. Um, Corey's asking a great question. He's asking, BC, are you good with diesel too? I have not, unfortunately, had any experience with diesel technology even in factory or modified form. And of course, I love to mod things, and I'd love to. I just haven't had the opportunity to explore them with OEM. As many of you may know, when I work with OEMs, original equipment manufacturers, like you know Honda and Toyota and Nissan and Mazda and Porsche and Lexus, when they provide me vehicles and, and opportunities to explore their technology, it allows me to do really wonderful things. And I have not had a manufacturer approach it for diesel. If they did, I'd be more than happy to. But you know what's weird? family, friends, manufacturers are moving away from diesel. They're looking at it as maybe something that's a dirty fuel. So I'm seeing more and more, and you'll see that from us as well, interactions with combining petrol engines with electric motors or doing pure electric vehicles as well. So that seems to be where the OEMs are going, and because of that, we will follow suit here at BC Moto. Um, BC, we need tuning parts for F23A. Corrupt, I am so sorry. Um, I don't know, someone just called me, which is kind of weird. Um, I'm so sorry. I uh, Hopefully you guys are still here. Um, we do have a lot of F23 parts. We do have tons of them. Um, ha hold on for one, one second. I think my friend is right here. Hold on for one second, guys. Um, I think Randy's in the rear. I think Randy's in the rear because he just, he just called me. He's just kind of weird. Yeah. So, sorry about that, guys. Um, one of my friends just came to the rear, so I want to make sure that he's taken care of. Um, so we do have parts. So for F23, we have valve train. Um, which is camshafts, cam gears, springs or retainers, camshafts. Um, we have pistons, rods, sleeving services, um, intake manifold, custom intake manifolds, injectors, clutches, um, engine management solutions, valves. We have so much for the F23. So if you need it, write to us, call in, links will take care of you. If I'm here, I can jump on. Should be good. You know? Hello, Carlos. Good seeing you indeed. Good seeing you indeed. So good to see you. Um, Alex HKS is really, oh, he, that's a good question, Alex. Um, Ford F450 or Ram 3500? I love the Ram. Ram 3500 is what I use. And there's this weird thing I heard when I was shopping for cars or for trucks, for towing trucks. Uh, the advice that was given to me that was quite ubiquitous was, if you want a strong, proper engine, get the Dodge. If you want something that looks really cool, um, uh, get the Ford. And if you want something that has a great gearbox, get the Chevy. So the perfect towing car would be um, a, a beautiful Ford with a Chevy gearbox and a Cummins engine. Well, guess what? I opted for the Ram 3500. I like the, the very angular masculine look of it uh, with a manual gearbox. That's what I did. And the dealer couldn't sell it, but I have a six-speed tow rig, which is pretty cool. And now, if you look at what Ram is doing nowadays, man, they're beautiful. The dash layout, Ralph Jills from FC and his team, they're doing wonderful things. It's absolutely fantastic, you know? 
Aluminum or plastic intake, so corrupt, you can see what the OEMs are doing. Composite plastic intakes are the way to go nowadays. It, it, it really does what we achieve with intake heat shielding gasket. It prevents engine heat from being uh, attached or to flow towards an intake and heat up the intake charge. So you see a lot more composite. And the early composite designs weren't very boost friendly, but nowadays, wow, you look at the Mustang, you know, the inline four EcoBoost, that has a composite manifold. Look at what they're doing with Type R's, that's a composite manifold, the Civic SI, that's a composite manifold. So you have all these opportunities now where composite is the way to go just to keep that heat away. Um, what are my thoughts on twin charging? I think it's awesome, Derek. It does provide complexity to the system, but on the same token, it allows for you to have an amazing driving experience where you can almost eat your kick and have it too. You can have low RPM torque and lack of, let's say, significant lag, and then high RPM power. It's the best of both worlds. As TI Builder, I am not surprised you say F450. Avery, greetings, Sal, good seeing you as well. Next build is a wagon. Awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. I love wagons. I really do, you know. Um, why does direct port nitrous explode intake manifold? Um, it has a lot to do with the solenoids. Um, when done properly, you will not have any explosions in intake manifold. You will not when done properly. Um, 1997, I assume you're asking what year. Mine's no eight. Uh, let's see. Help, swap my buddy K20 from crash EG to, to EK. Funny because the crash caused the timing belt to skip a couple of teeth. Yeah, that would happen in a crash, Jim, absolutely. Shakara Ripper says that they love my bills. Thank you so much for the kind words. SW20, no couple. I don't have one of those. <laughs> so I wouldn't know. But thanks for sharing indeed, you know? Um, it, is it really needed to have a dyno before going force induction? Um, it's a nice practice, Mr. Makayan, uh, because it allows you to see if your engines are in good health. A baseline is wonderful. If anything, it gives you some some great data. So I'm a huge advocate, even when we get cars from OEMs and we're building them, first thing I do, you know, I did it on the Odyssey, the Odyssey that's back there that made like a thousand horses. I put on a dyno in automatic form and stock form just to get a baseline. But especially with a car that's been in service for a while, you want to see if the car engine is in health and that's the best way to do it, is to do a baseline. And it's not bad, it's pretty cost effective. Um, Shaka Ripper says, I have a 90 EF SI. What swap would you do on a car having a hard time parting with the original engine? Well, I hear you. I know the 90 EF, you must have a D-Series, which is near and dear to my heart. You know, quite a few of these trophies here came from my D-Series, which is very nice, my D-15. But it is a lot of work to create amazing power with those small displacement engines. It's much easier to use what I've done in the wagon notice, this wagon I'm wearing actually right here. So if I were your shoes, which I have been and I am in, a K-Series would be the way to go. K-Swaps are awesome, you know? Uh, should I turn my Supra into wagon? Sure, why not? You know what, MK Pupra? Not this past one, but before there was, uh, I went to the uh, Arundel Speedway here, and Hoonigan put together this burning yard where they do tons of cool burnouts. And a guy created um, like a El Camino out of a Tesla, he calls it Tesla Mino. So he took a four-door Tesla, um, I think it was a, a P85, and then cut the back and made it look like a pickup. It's pretty cool. So maybe you should. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Alex HK says, hey, BC, I need your opinion on this one. Should I use static suspension or airbag suspension? So Alex, that's a great question. I've done both. I have, on a few of my cars here, 
quite a few of my cars. I have static and fully tunable static from KW and some stuff on my drag car from Progress. And I have bags on like my Odyssey. Now, it depends. Nowadays, there's so much advancement in bags. You can actually roll race on a bag suspension, which is pretty cool. Now, static, of course, gives you capability, as name implies, to stay in one location. You can adjust it, but you, each time you adjust it, you kind of have to move things around. If you're all about that low life and you like to go and park somewhere and just slam it like I do with the Odyssey, then bag it. Um, if you're going to do a lot of canyon carving, it can get a little bit more expensive to canyon carve or to drag race or to roll race with bags, but it can be done. It's just a little more cost prohibitive. But if you don't care about that crazy low life and you want something that is very modular and has, gives you the ability to adjust compression and rebound independently and you're really all about that track life and don't care about slamming when you park, totally up to you and budget, static is the way to go. So give it to you, put it this way. Back in my facility, I have about maybe 17 cars on a static suspension that is adjustable and only one car on bags. So I hope that helps. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, Willis said too. Yo, I just saw a Toyota wagon from the 80s, I think. That was the first. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Coming to Washington anytime. I was supposed to a month ago. I was go, supposed to go out to Kent, but I didn't. But if I do Avery, I would definitely let you know. You know? Grindhouse set that. <laughs> I think that's how you said it. Grindhouse P. How did you get your start with BC Motor? When did you know it was time to go full-time? Now, Grindhouse, that's a great question. A question I get asked quite a bit, and... It was the need to do something exciting. And what do I mean by that? You know how they say a flower only blooms when it's so painful to stay as a bud? Well, that happened to me. While I was in school, I raced and I got some of these trophies. When I graduated and got a job in corporate and worked part-time, I raced quite a bit as well. On the weekends, on the Friday evenings and nights, and I'd travel around the country doing that. It was fun. One thing that you have today that I didn't have years ago was the ability to just buy parts online. And when you think back in the late 90s and early 2000s, you couldn't go on Amazon. Amazon didn't exist, or if it did, it was in a textbook capacity. You couldn't buy parts. Um, speed shops would try and wait for HKS to create something, or some other big Japanese companies, or some domestic companies do that. Uh, my friends and I, we did a great job in creating our own parts, and I did that very well myself, and designing parts for my own race car. And when I went to the track and improved my times, people asked me, what did you do? You weren't running that fast last week. And I'd say, oh, I had this new header I designed or this new intake manifold design or this new camshaft. Oh, BC, could you make one for me? And I started this really cool thing where I helped in other enthusiasts with go fast parts. Well, while I was climbing the corporate ladder, in 2005, something very interesting happened to me. And I'm really giving you guys the condensed version of this story. My regional director in pharmaceuticals where I worked at the time, making six figures, making a great living, retired. And I saw how his life changed dramatically from this debonair, high-end, wonderful guy to being able to now pinch pennies because of his fixed income. I saw what happened to him and it terrified me. I didn't want that kind of life. I wanted the freedom, ability to have a, a continuously great life for myself and my family. And when I saw that, it terrified me. Coupled with the new regional director I inherited, she was not a very good leader. And I felt that, you know, this is, this is not good. Well, Grindhouse, I am very good at saving up money. So I saved up enough money to live in austerity for two years. And I said, I'm going to give this a chance. And I, it was good. I had a good support group because my girlfriend at the time, who's not my wife, was pushing me. She comes from a family of, of very successful entrepreneurs. 
And she's like, BC, you should, this is the time. Now's the time. You know, and I said, yeah, I, I'm not married. I don't have any kids to my knowledge. Maybe now's the time for me to do that. And as terrifying as it was, I quit. I put in my two weeks and decided to pursue my passion for automobiles full time. And so to answer your question perfectly, seeing what happened to my previous RD, inheriting a boss that wouldn't help me, and above and beyond that, having that need to do more is what pushed me to do it. And it was a risk, and it was, it was really frightening. And I suffered for a good, I suffered. You know my first wagon that I built? The blue one that looked like this, but it was a D-series? That was the only car I had, that was my bucket. I went from a beautiful brand new Jeep Grand Cherokee that was a company car, to that. And it was painful, it was tough, but I stayed persistent and persevered, and now we're here to get today, together. How cool is that? Um, we personally said, have I worked with Evos? I haven't built one myself. I've helped many teams and enthusiasts with pistons, rods, um, camshaft profiles, valve train, intake heat shading gases, of course, but I've never built one myself, you know? I did good. How are you, sir? Good to see you, you know? Kevin, you know what? We considered that, but I knew you, you were all the way in Riverside, and to make you come all the way to Hassan the Heights and then drive to the... I don't, I don't want to paint you that way. I'm so sorry, but next time I will definitely do that. Thank you so much, you know? Um, in my honest opinion, Gilmore Stress is saying, would you rather supercharge or turbocharge a K20 RSX? I would probably supercharge it for two reasons. With the newer supercharger technology we have today, you can really do well with it. You can make close to 400 wheel, post 400 wheel horsepower with a K series in that setup reliably without any lag whatsoever. And here's the biggest advantage you don't have any heat issues. If you had a newer K series, like something like a K24Z7 or a K24Z3 with a single exhaust manifold like what I have, that doesn't put as much heat in the engine bay, and turbocharging by far would be the way to go. But with RSX, to do that long tubular header that goes above the gearbox and you have all this heat rejected into your, it's a lot going on. So if you had a choice between the two and your goal was about a 400 range, supercharge. If you want to make more power than that, definitely a lot more, you have to turbocharge it. So I hope that helps, you know? Um, straight to it, being the king of silicams, you'd be getting the D-Series highest horsepower record. Um, would you be getting the D-Series highest horsepower? I don't, so I didn't go to, I don't know if anyone has done more than us with D-Series. So full street, I made 181 full street, and then full drag, we made 238. And I think I posted that uh, dyno chart, uh, I think a year or so ago. I can post it up again, but I don't know I didn't go to, if anyone has made more than 239 on the D-Series, all motor, but we've done that. So I hope that helps. Um, Blessed to you as well, BR6. Hello, Jesharen. Good seeing you. Are those shirts still in stock? Yes, Zoom, Cisco. This is still in stock. We have this in blue. I have limited supply, and I don't think I'll make any more. But we have blue, tan, which is like a natural color, and pink, which I was going to wear today. But I saw it. I think my daughter ripped it. <laughs> anyway, um, taken care of in the rear, eh? Oh, very funny, Eddie. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, GTRs, what do you love or hate? I love, okay, GTRs I love, especially if we're talking about current models, I love the aftermarket support. I love the kind of power they make, how fast they go. What I do not love is the shape. It looks a little too bulky to me. I do not like the shape of that. If it could be more of a, like kind of the NSX look, but with that GTR potential in terms of power and capability, it'll be a win-win. But I don't like that 
angular, bulky look at all. I don't like how it looks externally at all, you know? Should I stay with the new Honda 1.5 Turbo or get the new 2.0 Turbo? Ooh, 2.0 for sure. I mean, it depends on what your goal is. Are you swapping? Do you have an SI already? Are you trying to do an engine swap? But whenever you can, build displacement by all means, you know? We're going to track soon, Kevin. I'd like to. I'm waiting for a strain gauge for the wagon. Because I want to do something very clever using the tumbler in the sequential gearbox, but I'm not using the full potential of it. So I'm waiting for a strain gauge to come in so I can couple that with my Quave, connect to my Infinity, and be able to shift clutchless to really see the full potential of that wagon. Now that you are kind enough to help me with the final drive, so that's great, you know? Best motor swap in the Miata. I want to keep it all motor. Um, LS. <laughs> see, you like that, Kevin, right? I said LS is the best way to go. Race War Sacramento, August 17. I, if I could, send me a reminder, Jim, on that, because if I could, I, I probably would. I, I love that track. I love Sacramento Raceway. Hello, Kaizen Media. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Corey, you rock as well. Love you deeply. Long time. L lend us your Civic Love Nuts. Why would you want my Huh. Amber said I should give you my Love Nuts, but I need it. Anyway, I can help you with a set of Buddy Club Love Nuts if you need some. Um, what do you think of old new kits? Please expound on the S3. I don't quite follow. Oh, Bubba, my favorite modifier. Thank you so much. That's really kind of you, you know? Mr. Makayan is saying, how's the schedule for November? I really need to have a baseline before dropping to pro speed. Oh, and it's like, that's a good idea. You're going to see Brian, you'll be good. And uh, so that being said, call in here, 888-922-6686, Mr. Makayan. And Lindsay will schedule in. November gets crazy. So I can tell you one thing. First week of November, like the, I think the first full week of November, we're in Vegas for SEMA, so we won't be here. But definitely after that, if you want to do it, no problem. If you want to leave, even do it before that, I can try and sneak you in. Um, we're going after the Sion Cam D Series record for bringing it to Bisimoto. Going after that. So, are you talking about NA or boosted? Let me know. Um, K Pro versus AEM, both six are very good engine management solutions. The one thing I like about AEM is that it, especially if you're talking about the Infinity, Oh, both Series 2 and Infinity all have new boards. You're not doing an elegant hack into a factory old ECU. So I like new boards. I like new circuitry. But one thing that I really hang my hat on with the AEM in tuning is it gives me the full capability of doing a lot for fail-safes. And I'm very, very big on safety of engines. And what do I mean by that? What I mean about fail-safes and safety is that if I have a customer or one of my cars where I may come across a bad batch of fuel, an extremely hot day, I want to be able to, and this saved me a couple weeks ago when we were filming in the heat, I want to be able to be able to put knock, which is pre-ignition detonation at bay, per cylinder. Now, what's the difference between per cylinder and global? Globally, you lose a ton of power. Per cylinder, you can address a problem in the cylinder where it has a problem by adding fuel and retarding timing to keep the engine safe and not have a huge power loss. Sometimes it's even negligible, but the safety is there. Also, when it comes to doing that, I have full control of drawing my own knock curve. That's unique. I cannot do that with K-Pro. AEM, many times I can get more power because I can play around with dwell for coil. So I can put a little bit more coil dwell to get a little bit more spark energy out of factory coils. So there's some power to be gained there as well. On the Infinity, the processing speed is absolutely fast. So I love it indeed. It gives me all the features of a Motec without the cost. So I love the Infinity deeply. So I hope that helps. If I have a choice, I go AM a lot. But if there's an opportunity where the AM doesn't have a coverage and K-Pro is available, it's a very competent ECU. I hope that helps. Genghis Ken is asking, what's my K24 wagon compression ratio? It's 9.5 to 1. 
and I'm using Tron pistons and Eagle rods and Eagle crankshaft. Um, yeah, DM Motorsports says before baseline, check your compression and leak down. That's a good way, great way to be able to um, determine the health of your engine. Now, one cool thing about dyno is that you're in a static location. So as you're rolling on the dyno, rolling road, you can see smoke coming out the back. You know, if you remember this, um, Robert, I do a very good job of always monitoring the intake manifold vacuum. And if the intake manifold vacuum is quite poor, it's a very good indicator that the health is suspicious. So that being said, it's pretty good. If you have any leaks, you can see right there. These are things you cannot see if driving around, short of having a pan in your car or having someone fully around. It's very difficult, you know? I think this the original wagon van was just love. Thank you so much, it's great. Turbo size and PSI, great question. So the turbo size I'm running on the wagon van, on this one that I'm wearing the t-shirt on, is a 72 millimeter billet turbo. It's a reverse rotation to allow me the ability to put it where I mounted it on the firewall and have a good pathway for the exhaust and induction on the hot side of the induction. Um, above and beyond that, PSI, it is based upon gear. So in first gear, I'm at 13 PSI. Um, second gear, I'm at 18. Third gear, I'm at 22. Fourth and fifth gear, I'm at full 33 PSI for now, which I plan to push to 38 once I make sure that nothing fractures anymore. Fractures in terms of the drivetrain, you know? Uh, what do you think about Toyota mini trucks? I think they're cool, especially the old school ones. K20 swap the world, Alex, amen. <laughs> What's an underrated motor? Thoughts on the VH45? An underrated motor that I feel a lot of people ignore, twofold. 996 Turbo for Porsche, which is absolutely fantastic. You can just do a turbo upgrade, injector upgrade, and an ECU, and you can easily make six, 700 horsepower with that factory engine and gearbox. Another underrated motor which people don't even think about is the final generation DFI engine out of the Hyundai um, Genesis Coupe, the BK chassis. That engine is a workhorse, 3.8 liters of raw strong power, six volt mains underneath, beautiful head flow. The engine with full induction, full exhaust, full cat stock makes 300 wheel. So imagine what you can do by removing some of the restrictions and force inducing that. We've done 1100 on that thing without even thinking. And this is like a 38 PSI. It's an amazing engine. So that's what I like, you know? Um, BC, for sponsors, is it someone of who you know that really helps? Ivan, Tyler W, who you know may get you but so far, but being able to have a track record that can show results is number one. I can have the best relationship in the world with people who are important, but bottom line, most people do what's right for the company, and their goal is not only look for good for the company, but for themselves as well, so they need someone who can produce results. So being out there, being visible, having project cars that are very good, being a good person in community and being admired, and also being someone that people look up to is a huge opportunity and allows you to go a long way to get sponsorships. It's a two-way street. You have to benefit, and the manufacturer has a benefit as well. And if you're one of those guys who just feels that because your car looks cool, you should get a sponsorship, but you have no way to influence and generate a return investment for them, many times they will not sign you. If they do, they won't re-sign you. A majority of sponsors we have are recommendations from other sponsors because they've seen such a good job we do. They recommend us to other people as well. So stay out there. Keep yourself visible in the public. Continue to put out content that's amazing. Keep your car clean and very ideal. And also, here's something that was a big gain for me. Always follow up with your sponsors. Write consistently emails about your activity in the field. That goes a long way and they appreciate it enough to know that their products are doing well for you and for them as well. 
Any concerns or previous problems with using EAD5 content sensors by Haltech? Well, I haven't used the Haltech ones. I use the AM ones, and I've had zero issues with that, indeed. AJ, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Hope all is well. I don't know if Henny's gone back. If she has, sir, I said hi. I might not hear from her recently, so I hope she's okay. Um, what do you think of four old Porsche kits? Are they functional? Old Porsche kits. So now, S3, Turkey, I believe that's where you are. I need to know if you mean turbo kits or body kits. Please give me a little bit more insight. DJ Ramirov, how are you, sir? I'm looking into your filter. Um, AEM does make a drop-in filter for you for your airbox. I'm trying to see if they have something prototyped that can replace everything mapped forward. So hang tight, DJ Ramirov. I'll have something for you. Dealing Designs, I need to talk to you. I need to call you soon. Cosima's coming very quickly. And this crazy Porsche we're doing, I need your words. For those of you who don't know Dealing, he does all the trouble fans for our project. This guy is talented. He's badass. I love him. Okay. Are you going to Spocom San Francisco? No, I won't. It conflicts with another event for me, you know? Um, valve to valve measurements are complete. Yay! Good job. AJ, you are so thorough. I love it. I wish... Guys, AJ, he is he checks every aspect and clearance of his engines. This I mean he's so thorough. I love it. It's such such a joy to see that. Miguel is asking, what school did I go to? I guess you mean university. So I attended one year university in Anambra State University of Technology in Enugu, Nigeria. Came here, went to Students College in Norwalk, got two degrees there. Went to Cal State Long Beach and got two degrees there as well. So I hope that helps. Um, would I put a tank engine in a car? If <laughs> yes, what car would it be? Oh, a tank engine. Those don't have much RPM, but they have tons of torque. What car would I put that in? H1. <laughs> H1. Hello, Mr. Pineapples. Greetings, Alexis. First prime time. Joe Buck. Wow, great. Good seeing you guys. And Hedy makes a good point. Love your job. And you'll never work a day in your life. I think I'm missing so many questions here. Oh my God, there are quite a few. Um, hello. Um, I shall try to head down to Exarch on Broadway in Monterey. I think I may. So, Hedy, I need to look into some prices. Um, may have to go to Monterey this weekend. Anyway. AM Infinity FTW says, Relentless, finish valve to valve clearance, piston the valve next. Amen. Good job. Yes, sir. Stuck cup, 1100 to the wheels. Do I like low riders and donks? Ui parse, you may think I don't, but I do. One thing, I had the opportunity to go to Extreme Auto Fest in Anaheim. And I went there by invitation, and I was flabbergasted. Guys, I mean it. I was just blown away by the sheer attention to detail on these cars. We go to SEMA every year. I see cars coming here. I build cars myself. But when you take time to triple chrome plate your gas tank and then hand engrave on it the entire tank, as a way to showcase your talents and creativity. My God, that is, that is pretty crazy. And donks, yeah, it looks kind of weird with the lifted vehicles and the big 33-inch wheels and so on and so forth. But they, you know, it's a way of expressing yourselves. And I think it's pretty cool. So I do like them. If anything, I, I don't mind taking cues from them and getting inspiration from how the attention detail is on some of these lowriders. They're absolutely amazing indeed, you know. Hello, JG. Good seeing you. Fabian, good seeing you. What if for a project, 82 Volvo 270 wagon diesel, twin turbos sticking out the hood? That'd be pretty cool. They would love that in Sweden, wouldn't they? Yeah, Fabian, that's a, that sounds like pretty cool. I'm all about it. Good evening to you as well, Fabian. Um, I'd love to meet you as well. That'd be fantastic. Uh, what was the, one of the early key turning points for a Beast Motor brand? I would say the key turning point for my brand 
was when I received a call, I was at AEM going walking to tech. It was on a side door at the time. And I got a call with a 310 number, and it was John Yoshinaga from, from American Honda. And he offered to partner with us to build a tuner CRX replacement, which was a CRZ. And I was coerced to stay with the hybrid system and not do a swap, which had been easier. That was a turning point. That opened my eyes to the capabilities of electric motors. It allowed me to step up my game in terms of development. And it was my first OEM contract that then led to many others. That was a big turning point for us in the brand, you know? I will snug. I'll definitely hit you up if you're coming to Dallas. I do. I definitely will do that. Tom Pro 85 says, Does your Boxer ADX6 run factory calipers? If bigger, did you fit a larger master cylinder? Great question, Tom. So, two things. We have two center seats. We have the red one and the black one. The red one has Tarox brakes in the front, um, eight piston calipers. Same. Um, style but from stop tech on the black one the rear brakes are factory and unfortunately for you maybe um i had to size the master properly i did have to change it out but i went with wheelwood stuff so i have floor pedals from wheelwood so sam is in here he made this pretty cool telescoping plate and i have an aftermarket masters for that the rears are very close to factory but the front ones are a different size what cerebral game I can recommend for 2000 Drogo V8? Setup, boost. You saw what I put up today. I'm all about boosting everything. Turbocharge the world, or as Kevin would say, LS the world. Anyway, um, how, did I how did you get such a cool, humble attitude? You're the man. Thank you so much, Shakira Pierre. Shakira Ripper. Shakira Ripper. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have parents that were very good to me. They raised me a certain way to be humble and. Um, I just watched them, they were good examples. My parents, I mean, growing up, they gave me a very good life. They were very, very, very wealthy. And, you know, despite that, they were very down to earth, helped people, they weren't flashy at all. And growing up, learning that, and having just good people around me, um, allowed me to be the way I am today. I'm a result of my upbringing. So I hope that helps. Yes, thank you, Ui. Thank you, Chris A. Bear, GTR, good seeing you. Hey BC, I'm encountering fuse 14 blowing out of my K-Power CRX. I replaced the alternator, replaced the K-Wire from the alternator, fuse box. Yes, um, KRX, you have a paste wire somewhere. Um, that being said, if you're local, Duran can help you. Let me know if you're local and we can definitely help you out. That's not a problem whatsoever. Whoa, Jim Genghis Khan got a free EK. That's pretty cool. And got a K24 from an 06 SI. Want to use the ECU? Should I stick with driver wire, factor harness? I'll be putting a precision 5858. You know what I would do, what I always do? I'll put an Infinity 506 ECU and keep driver wire. Driver wire is awesome. One less point for vacuum leaks. Um, you have full control. It's amazing. The response nowadays, especially with, a, with an Infinity, is spectacular. Stay driver wire. And you have to worry about a stupid cable. It's great. It's great. It's fantastic. You can do it. Do it. That's what I do. My wagon van, this wagon has driver wire. It has a driver wire pedal, has a driver wire throttle body, a large, kind of pretty large unit. Do it. It's so the way to go. You know. What's the difference between Infinity 6 and 8? So I assume you're using the older nomenclature of Infinity 506 and 508. It's kind of the new one we have now. The 506 ECU OE Par Se allows for six ignition drivers and six injector drivers. So you can control a V6, a flat six, a four-cylinder, so on and so forth. And you can also use high or low impedance injectors. 
the 508, on the other hand, has the same, I wish I had an example here, has the same size, has the same architecture, but internally a little bit different. You can only run high impedance injectors, like what you typically have on a Honda, or if you have a low impedance one, you need some injector driver. But it has eight injector drivers. So you can run a V8, an inline eight, <laughs> a flat eight, or you can have a four cylinder with stage injection. So I hope that helps. Hello, Alfie. Alfie, I need a price from you on shipping. Um, and if it makes it happen, I'll be able to take care of it, by all means. Good seeing you, sir. You know? Uh, thank you so much, Khalifa. I appreciate that indeed. Any new AM products that you're testing? I cannot say. Um, I am in the process of signing an NDA with them, but there's some really, really exciting stuff coming from AM. Crazy stuff that will revolutionize tuning. That's all I can say, Alfie. Um, on, the, on the induction side, um, there are going to be a lot of German offerings coming up. So I hope that helps. 5.0 Coyote or 5.2 liter Voodoo? Oh, even though I like the displacement, the Coyote has great aftermarket support, by all means. Coyote, you know. The hood of my shirt is wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a black marker. <laughs> Dealing, I'm like, put a black marker. <laughs> show, the, show the airbox on it. Hello, Adam Bendov. Good seeing you. My pleasure, Mr. Makayan, indeed, you know. Um, Patman says, how do I transition from my love for Hondas, which I still do love, to Porsches, which I love as well. I find it really interesting. Thank you so much, Patman. So, interestingly, you'll find this, and I, I don't know if you're still here, Robert, but Robert knows who I'm talking about. My Honda customers got me into Porsches. Now, as all of us, and I don't know if I'm speaking for all of us or most of us, you always have that picture or poster of a Porsche wall. I remember my mother-in-law even gave me one of a purple, that's weird. Hey, why did she give me a purple slant nose? Anyway, picture of a purple slant nose, but we always loved Porsche 911s that had that iconic look. But Benny, Benny Pequa, he is a customer who used to do quite a bit of Honda Challenge racing. Um, very wealthy uh, um, entrepreneur. Came to America with nothing from France. Um, his first car, what he told me, was a CRX and did extremely well in the dot-com boom. Uh, retired or semi-retired and kept racing Hondas and brought them here to tune. And he, he had many cars. He had Vipers, he had Porsches, but, and he had a Ferrari 360 at the time. And he said, BC, you do such a great job with this Honda, my, 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 my Civic. Porsche needs that same enthusiasm and love. I have a Porsche, take it, experiment with it, do whatever you want. I just want you to do what you do with Hondas with Porsches. I think you do, it, you do very well in that market. They need newer tuners, newer blood. But in normal BC fashion, I won't take people. I don't experiment. I'll tell you guys this if you don't know this and those close to me know it. I don't experiment with customer cars. I just don't do it. I'd rather get a car myself and beat the crap out of it and figure things out than take a customer's car and experiment. So I'm not one of those shop owners that would take your car and start experimenting with it and hurting things. I do it on my own car first. So that being said, uh, I picked up the blue cars. It was a gray roller shell and it was my first opportunity to build that blue twin turbo with the turbos hanging out, same blue color as the wagon. And that was it. The market received extremely well, even though I'm from West Africa with a name that sounds Japanese. Working on Porsches, I was received very well. And now, fast forward to today, we work closely with POC and PCA, and we're constantly at PECLA, at the, you know, um, at the, uh, at the center, and we, I may go to historic racing this weekend, and we keep it in Porsches every year, so it's great. And we have the exciting stuff this year to be launched at SEMA. Type 2 Vinyl Works, Jeremiah. Joey was here yesterday. He brought, dropped out his CRX to get a dash installed. 
So we just finished installing it yesterday, and I'm now programming the dash to read up some really cool stuff for him to monitor all his vitals. So he asked of you, we're talking about you. Dr. Ahmed Arazuni, good seeing you, sir. I hope all is well, doctor. Hope you're doing well in the, you know, out there in the, in the, in the Middle East area. Um, what song does someone play after installing a 4G63? I would take 400. You're so funny. That's messed up, stuck up. Shame on you. Oh, my God. Um, everyone working on a 3S GTE motor? Everyone keeps telling me that, to do that swap in a AW11. No, I haven't. I've tuned a few, but I've never had one myself, you know? Um, you never have a VWP? <laughs> well, you know what? You've driven it, so you've driven it out of the shop, so you are now a Porsche enthusiast. By the way, you're a big BMW enthusiast, Kevin, so Bavaria is not that far from Stuttgart. Actually, it's almost the same region. Okay. Salute, Alex HKS. Good seeing you. My favorite car from Fast and Furious would be my blue Porsche that was in Fast 7. <laughs> yep, Benny did. Sam, I don't even know that, but Benny is the one who influenced me to start working on Porsches. I never even considered it until he pushed me, you know. Never go wrong with a Porsche air-cooled. Amen, doctor. That technology is kind of dated. I love the look and sound. Doctor, are you coming to SEMA this year? Because I'm doing something very special. I think you will love it. We can probably do some good business together. Um, when will we see the wagon with Jeleno? How did you know that happened? I didn't say anything. It's going to be coming out, I think, in September. Uh, let's see. On a rich page like that, thank you so much for visiting the webpage. WOBO Films, Chidi. Guys, for those of you who don't know Chidi, he is fantastic. I just met him this past weekend. He's in the film industry in Atlanta. Very, very influential individual and a good brother of mine as well. Had a very similar upbringing, which is fantastic, and I look forward to working with him soon. And when he comes down to LA, or if I go out to Atlanta to see him, we would do a Tech Tuesday together. How cool would that be, you know? Um, yeah, my name does sound JDM, huh? You know what's weird, Dilling? I get, <laughs> I get a lot of, um, I thought Bisimoto was an old Japanese guy. And I'm like, why do you think it was, okay, I get the Japanese part because Bisimoto, but why old? Well, you have so many builds. So you have to be doing this for eons. So I'm not that old. And I'm not Japanese. I'm far from it. Okay. Ah, reworked auto all the way from Connecticut. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. I had a good time. You know, Matt Ferrar is great. Um, he's driven quite a few of cars. He drove the wagon. Um, he drove the, um, oh no, he hasn't driven the wagon. Oh, we need to make that happen, huh? He's driven the Odyssey, was I meant to say. Driven the center seat red Porsche. Uh, he's driven the blue 911, which terrified him. And he loves our project. He said if I draw a bicycle, he, if I build a bicycle, he'll drive it. So look forward to him driving this and also the opportunity for him to explore the ridiculous projects I have this year. It's going to be really, really nice. I love E30s as well, Kevin, by all means, you know. Uh, I, I know a lot of secret things and a lot of bragging. I, please. Oh, thank you so much, Adding Good. I really appreciate you indeed. Uh-oh, I've got this up here. Uh, okay, here we go. Oh, you guys are coming rapid fire. I love it. You know? Oh, yeah. So, KRXK, you're not local. Yeah, you need to start looking for some black and yellow. Yeah, you do. You do. Because you have some grounding issues somewhere. Um, any mix of models you would not work on? I am not a marquee snob. So, I'd say... I find, I find all cars appealing. Um, I won't say there are any mix of models I wouldn't. Um... That's a great question. I've never had that question before. 
could be a Peugeot, could be a, a Lada, could be a Skoda, could be a, it could be anything. It could be a steam engine, um, EV, hybrid, Bugatti, Koenigsegg, Audi, it doesn't matter. I, I love everything. I don't think there's none that I just absolutely say, I'm not working on that, you know. I, I, no, 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 whatsoever, you know. Mark V Super versus Mark IV Super, both stock. So unmodified Mark V. I like it. It's cool and it's 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 fairly mod. It's fairly modern. It's, I mean, it just came out. But in terms of aftermarket potential, it'll be exciting to work with a Mark V. But with the aftermarket support, of course, Mark IV just destroyed. It's amazing. Asoto says, "Love my shuttle. Thank you so much." Hello, Jim K. Bismarosan. That's so funny. Oh my God. What would be a good first car that's not expensive but still has a good speed? Depends on your definition of expensive. If I was on a strict budget and good speed, now handling, fun without breaking the bank, and very, 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 very cost effective would be a Miata. I mean it, guys, I BSC not. Um, for potential, and you're on a really budget budget, Acura RSX Type S, you can't go wrong with that. Now, if you had a little bit of resources where you're hovering in the upper teens to low 20s and you want something used, um, you can go wrong definitely with a Porsche Cayman. I love that mid-engine wonder. It's amazing. It's, it changed my life. Now, if you want something brand new that's very fun with potential, the Veloster M that's coming out. Hope that helps. Now, if you have a decent budget but you don't want to throw away hundreds of thousands of dollars, Acura NSX. <laughs> so, I know I gave a lot that's going to be... Uh, <laughs> oh, hello, my nieces. DM Motorsports says a girl say hi, Uncle BC. So, um, you know, I know I'm going to create a lot of controversy, but that was my thoughts. Yes, Hikers Customs, we must. I will be at SEMA early Monday, and I'll be there this Saturday. So let's definitely get together. And I'll do a Tech Tuesday there, as always. Joe Easy from Jamaica, good seeing you. Greetings, indeed, you know. Um... Saabs, I work on Saabs. I love Saab as a brand. You know, Saab contributed significantly to aerospace. So, I love what they're about. It's so sad that they didn't survive properly, you know? Uh, have you ever tuned a CVT transmission car? I have by performing cam flashes, but my dyno operates on the function of a fixed gear ratio and CVTs, as the name implies, a constant velocity transmission. So. The ratios change almost infinitely. <laughs> so I don't tune them on my dyno, but I've done kind of flashes on them. What do you think about the E36? Is Yes, it can, especially if you choose the right parts. There are aftermarket solutions out there. I like E36 and E46, especially the M3 versions. Yes, they can be, but you have to choose the right parts. Thoughts on the SR20 DET. My thoughts are good aftermarket support, great tunability, there are better options out there. Those ports are very limited, but they look really good, especially if you have an old school classic vehicle that you want to modernize without going too crazy. There are beautiful swaps you can put in everything from the older Datsun wagons and the older Datsun pickups um, to even the Corollas. I mean, they're, they're, they're good engines. Um, how do I compare to, like I say, a K20? K20 would destroy it. The flow and technology is just much, much superior, you know? Alex HK says something that makes me very embarrassed. He says, imagine if Max Walker BC and Akai-san teamed up to build a car. So that car actually exists. 
Go back and do a search to BC Moto RWB and you'll see this, or BC Moto Need for Speed. You'll see this car we built for EA for the Need for Speed franchise. It has Magnus Walker's Touch in a wide body 911 that was backdated. And this wide body was done by Nakai from RWB and we did the technology in it. So it's the perfect combination of Magnus's look with the whole, you know, the stripes and the old school livery with Nakai-san's like crazy white body Royale kit and our single turbo system with the AM Infinity and Pure Oils. Hello, Brian. Good seeing you. San Diego in the house. Thank you for joining us from down south. I love San Diego. Great people and great climate. Especially now I'm in my office with all these trophies that I won because the back of the office is really, really hot. It's crazy back there, you know? Hello, Integra Ride. Good seeing you. Absolutely. RWB similar. That's what we call it. Honda Fuel asked a question that's quite popular. How much was the Odyssey to build it together? Not including the car, it cost us 51K. It was a $51,000 build. Um, most of that build was in expense to get parts done quickly because we had seven weeks to build that thing from a burgundy factory minivan to the 1,000 horsepower monster that it became. And Robert was there. He saw what we went through. Robert saw me break down building that car because I couldn't get oil pressure, and he made it happen. He did something. I think he blew on the... He did something with the... Oil pump. I don't want to say something. It may sound vulgar. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so Carlos FG2, you must have missed my talk. He says, BC, I need some serious advice here. Got a K20 and going for induction. Don't know if I should get supercharged or turbo. So my mention is, depends on the chassis, but already K20. So I assume that you have an older legacy K20 with the four ports and exhaust. So you can get a lot of heat rejection into the engine bay if you go with a tubular manifold. But here's a caveat. Your horsepower potential is the guiding light for this project. If you want to hover in the 400 range, go supercharged, much simpler. You don't have heat rejection to the engine bay. You can have absolutely no lag whatsoever. And there are many kits out there that can allow you to achieve that very reliably. If you plan doing five, six, seven, 800 horsepower, you have to go turbocharged. That's the way to go. But just bear in mind that you have to do a lot of heat management because your tubular manifold will reject a lot into the engine bay. You have to really look at batteries, do a lot of crazy things. But it can make for a very enjoyable experience. I talked about that about uh, 30 or so minutes. Oh my God, time is almost up. Oh my good. I should collaborate with Booster Boys, said Williams Rathman. I have no objection. Initially, I heard that Booster Boys was talking ill of us. And then recently with this build, they were being very complimentary. So you know me, I'm a huge advocate of really combining forces to do the greater good. So if there are opportunities for me to work with other facilities who have the same mindset of success and doing great things to help the community, I am all for it, by all means, you know? I am a software engineer who wants to switch to working with tuning and just entering the automotive world. Any advice? Absolutely. So I came from the pharmaceutical research sector, so I'm a chemical engineer. And for software engineering, you have a wonderful advantage because you have the ability to code, you have the ability to do some wonderful things with the way that performance tuning is going nowadays. I would highly advise you, I don't know where you are in the country or the world, I would highly advise you to get an internship in a very similar entity to what you want to explore. If you're nearby here, I'll say intern in Tesla or on un Unplugged Performance or here, I would say get some experience and really see if it's something you want to do. And when you want to do that, save up, try and do things on the side on your weekends and late hours, build a clientele, be prepared to give away a lot of information and product to get your name out there, and be prepared to make the leap. And when you do, it is the most wonderful enjoyable, gratifying experience ever. Um, wait a minute. 
Are you? I choose the wrong year to go to SEMA. This year sounds. Oh, you're not going? Oh my God, dealing. I have. This year I have three Porsches, two Hyundai's, and the surprise project boy. I would love to have seen you there, and I want to represent your wares properly, in a booth. <laughs> oh my God! If you can make it come out, if not, next year will be another opportunity. You know. Um, thank you so much, Club Fifty Five Hundred. Say respect my T-shirt. Thank you so much. It's available in tan. It's blue and also pink, manly pink, which is pretty nice. Okay, so look at this, guys. My my thing is red. <laughs> so that being said, my time is up. But I really appreciate you, all of you guys um, joining me today on a wonderful 91st episode of Visa Motor Tech Tuesday, which is great. Um, Ozzy Motor has a very good question. I'm going to answer that before I let you guys go. He says, BC, I tuned my car on AM water meth. D16, Z6, crowdboard supercharger, made 300 horsepower without meth. When I tune on meth, they didn't make any difference. Curious to hear your personal feedback. That has a lot to do with tuning. I have significantly made more power, especially on superchargers where the nozzles are even pre-supercharged to help close up all those gaps that exist in the veins. So it makes it a lot more efficient. Here's one thing, or two things that you have to know about water methanol. Especially if you're in a 50-50 mix or a decent mixture of the methanol in the system, look at my time, you have to lean out the mixture slightly because the methanol in the water meth kit is now adding as a fuel. If you run richer, your power would decrease. You also have the capability of adding more timing to make more power. So slightly leaner, more timing, included with the increased efficiency of your veins now being lubricated, you should make more power. It may have to do with your tune. Hope that helps. Make sure that even when you tune, you put fail safe. So if your tank is empty or something on a controller, you want to send a ground signal to your ECU to put a boost cut or some kind of retard or fuel additive to keep you safe. On that note, guys, enjoy. Have a great afternoon and talk to you next week. Cheers.